Welcome to the Music Business Podcast. Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends, tactics, and insights from some of the world's brightest minds in music. I'm Jordan Williams of EQT Management. And I'm Sam Heisel from Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, it's Jordan Williams from the Music Business Podcast and my co-host Sam Heisel. What's happening? Today we have Derek Arrow on the podcast. He's an A&R at RCA Records. I've been fortunate enough to work with him the past few years on an artist named Goldlink, and that's led to numerous signings that he's made, Cousin Stiz, Brockhampton, Donald Glover. So fortunately, me and Sam just get to break down how he finds new artists, give some advice to some upcoming artists, if any of you out there are upcoming artists yourself. And I think he really tapped into an area that a lot of people are interested about it, which is what do I need to do in order to be signed? Yeah, I also really loved when Derek told us the story. Obviously, you were like involved in this story, but helping the the Gold Link record crew go from just a little song to thinking about like, man, this song, this is about to be it. And then that song becoming it and going platinum from start to finish. Beautiful story, really seeing the developments, not only of a, a singular record, but of just an artist. Right. And I think Gold Link's doing huge things. Obviously, he's an artist that's near and dear to your heart that you spent a lot of time working on. So real cool to hear a, a really powerful story. I think that on top of his tactics for emerging artists. I also really liked him talking about, I mean, now that it's so much easier, easier in air quotes for artists to put music out on their own, right? You can just go right to SoundCloud. There's TuneCore, AWOL, all these other different platforms that will enable you to distribute your music on all the different streaming platforms, right? From one side, that makes it easier because... Uh, you can now, there's not as many gatekeepers, but at the same time too, it's also just been this massive flood of actual new music. So finding those ways to cut through the noise uh, amongst the the increased size of competition today, uh, hearing Derek's thoughts on that subject to me were really, really interesting. So yeah, definitely. without any uh, further ado, let's get into it. Derek, what's up, man? We're really excited to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Shaking, man. What's going on? Chilling, man. What's going on? What's popping? So for starters, man, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're you're working on right now? Yeah, man. My name is Derek Arrow, A&R at RCA Records. You know, I, I signed or helped be a part of uh, Gold Link, Charles Gambino, Brock Hampton, Cousin Stiz, uh, and a bunch of others. Really exciting uh, hip-hop shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's the shit I've been uh, dealing with for the last, for a bit now. Really exciting. Very, very excited, actually. So, so, I mean, obviously, you know, when I came to New York, I, I wanted to be a hip-hop artist because I didn't really know what mm-hmm. was available in the music industry. Uh-huh. So what attracted you to R&R specifically? Like, and did you have any other paths that you might have wanted to go on? Yeah. Well, I would say this. Every A&R wants to be an artist at some point. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they got it. But I, always, I always say that. And like you, I uh, wanted to be a hip-hop artist myself. And I always say it was uh, July 4th, 2007, was when I think my life changed in general because a family friend was like, what do you, I just graduated high school. Like, what are you doing over uh, the summer? I said, you know, I'm trying to find a way to get in the music business. You know, it was a bullshit answer. It was, I was, but (laughs) but I was bullshit. I wasn't like, I wasn't like, and then she's like, why don't you try apply for an internship? That's how Puffy got it. I said, literally like it just, and at that moment, I I remember telling my sister, I was like, yo, I'm going to be in. I'm going to get in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I had it all figured out. I was going to, you know, I, first thing I went, applied to every record label that ever existed. Then I was like, I'm going to 
yeah, my plan was like, I'm going to get an internship, I'm going to kill as an intern, then become, uh, and then, then I'm going to become an A&R, kill as an A&R, and be able to have my own label and work on my own shit, my own music, and put that out. <laughs> that was my theory. Like, it, was, it, was all, it was always Get on the back. inside it and then take over. Yeah. I'm going to kill it as an a and and I'm going to work on my own <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know what I'm That's hilarious. That was my, that was my, uh, that was my, uh, <laughs> my idea of what I wanted to do. Right. And, um, you know, I, I ironically ended up interning for Bad Boy, uh, with a puff, um, for a semester. And then, um, then uh, you know, in a chance encounter with an HR person at Jive at the time, she gave me her card. And when my internship with Bad Boy ended, I then ended up hitting her up like, yo, you know, I want a new internship. And she said, come interview at Jive. The person I met with at Jive, I couldn't intern with because I just uh, my schedule wasn't right. So they connected me with my man, John Eamon, who eventually went to Interscope, signed Laundry Interscope, but he was an assistant at the time at J Records and he hired me as an intern and I never left essentially and I, right. I stayed there since 08 and you know J Records then eventually turned to RCA in 2011 and you know blah blah right <laughs> and the rest is history rest yeah is, sort of history yeah when when Jive I mean Jive became a part of RCA how did that affect the way your team functioned being part of a bigger organization did it it change well, your kind of power the power structure within your team well the thing that was really interesting is that I, I just saw a lot I've seen so many mergers right since I've been there like when I got there the Sony BMG merger I think was was officially happened I think it just happened so it turned into Sony music and it was RCA, it was J Records. J Records, it's like the RCA Music Group. So it was J Records, Arista Records, RCA Records. It was Jive Label Group, which is Jive, Zomba, whatever. It was affiliated yeah. with Jive. And it was Columbia and it was Epic. And, it, it, you know, the RCA Label Group, all those labels were essentially the same shit. They were all, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I, I feel like if you were signed to Arista, it was because it was like those specific artists that were signed places. Like, Jasmine was signed to Jay. And I think because yeah. Jay was like the R&B, cool R&B label. You know, Arista had like the diva fabric, like the Whitney Houston. So that's how I read it. I don't know if that's true, but that's right. how I read it. You know, so Jive was doing their own thing. And um, when they merged into one label group as RCA Records, you know, a lot of people lost jobs. A lot of, you know, there was, you know, a lot of people that was there for a while, you know, weren't there. A lot of departments got cut really, really crazy. And it was crazy because for me, I was I was an intern and I became an assistant right around the time that they were actually cutting things apart, which right. it was wild as hell. Like, you right. know, essentially people were getting let go when I was getting on. And it was... a uh, it was crazy, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I always say, like, you know, one of the things that helped us a lot, it's we, you know, we as a label sign ASAP Rocky really, really fast because we had a lot of artists that were, like, veterans and it was stars, but we didn't have much young, exciting things at that time. Yeah, Miguel, who uh, had All I Want Is You when it was on Jive, but right. we didn't really have too many young things that were really exciting. And Rocky was, like, the first thing that we signed, that the label signed, and that kind of allowed other things to happen over the next couple of years. Awesome. Can you talk a little bit about some of, uh, I mean, now that you've been there for a while, can you talk a little bit about some of your highlights? Obviously, Jordan and I, I mean, we're definitely really excited to have you on as a guest and, you, and learn about some of the work that you've done. But Thank personally, as, yeah. as somebody looking back throughout your career so far, obviously there's more to go. What, yeah. what have been some of your biggest highlights? Man, shit. Man, it's been, it's been, it's, especially recently, there's been a lot. 
where I'm just, <laughs> I'm, like especially recently. I mean, it's, right. always, it's been a lot in general, but it's been a lot very recently where I'm just like, wow. You know, my I think one of my biggest highlights was two parts is one signing Gold Link first off because he was an artist that I, I wanted when I was. I always say there was two artists that I really really wanted more than anything when I was an assistant. It was Chance the Rapper and Gold Link. I mean, I wanted other artists too, but right. they, those two I just was like, I don't care. I, I want. I'll figure it out. And, you know, Chance obviously never signed, but Link, I, I really wanted him. And um, that was one accomplishment. But then but the, the second accomplishment, which ties that one in, was having a big record with Crew last year. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, that, that- I was that, right there with you, bro. Right, man. I was right there you, with you, yo. You know? <laughs> you know? And it, it, that was huge because I remember the day we- well, sorry, I'm not, before I get into that part of it, I just remember as all that progress, you know, I remember, you know, working with, you know, my, my co-A&R Tunji and then just with the team. And I remember how all that progress from somebody that was just kind of moving modestly. I'll never be in, I'll never forget being in a meeting with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, what a, you know, this is early, early in the days. Like, oh yeah, what's, what's happening with that record? Really, like really early days. And it, was, then, it was like right after it dropped? Yeah, this is like, yeah, it's probably like maybe a month after the drop. It was oh. early days. And I remember seeing the, the convo from like, oh, yeah, I heard it. This record's cool, too. Like, oh, that record is really crazy. <laughs> well, I'm seeing the club. And oh, shit, every time I'm in an Uber, it plays. Right, like, right. And, and, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I remember seeing all that and, you know, having a big record with that uh, for an artist that doesn't have and doesn't play, I guess, doesn't play the, the normal rules of what an artist is supposed to play in hip hop today. You know, he didn't really come in with a cosign. He didn't come in with a viral play. Mm. The song wasn't a particularly viral record. It didn't have like a viral moment attached to it. It was just a good song from a it's good built. artist. Yeah. You know, and honestly, you can't, you can't, those are things you just can't ever buy. You know what I'm saying? It just happens. And, um, you know, you know that. So for it to happen with an artist that I wanted that bad, it, it was, it was, it just was. It means everything to me. And the second part to that is then when we got the Grammy nomination for that record, that meant the world to me. And not because Grammys are like everything, because obviously not. But like for you to be validated, I think it's something. You know, for you to say that you did something that years from now, when you look at the annals of stuff, it's in there. You know, because a lot of there's a lot of great songs. There's a lot of right. songs that come out. There's a lot of great songs that you don't really remember because they're just great. But when you see that, you're like, I remember, dog. I remember being on the train come because I, I found out about it while I was at home <laughs> in the morning. I remember cursing like to the highest mountains. But I was taking a train to the office and I cried because I remember all the crap we went through, all the the. Oh, I hate these niggas. <laughs> <Conversation>. <laughs> I remember all that we had for like two and a half years. For us yeah, to man. have something that people thought was that good enough, whether we, I didn't, you know, I never thought about winning as much. I thought being a nomination was a win, in my opinion. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that was so major. Another part that was major it was signing Gambino uh, with, again, with Tunji and my boy Adonis. You know, that one was something where we weren't, I never thought, you know, when, when it was, when, when we first started the conversations, it was like, okay, this is something we could do. And then we never really thought it was going to happen because the competition was really, really strong and they were have some of the stuff that, you know, the other competition had, we were like, I don't know if we have it yet, but mm -hmm. it was good people with with great intentions, working right. hard, with great artists on the back end I was doing that was helping doing the work for us too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and then for it to pay for it and to having this is America just go 
dumb. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, immediately. 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 Like, yeah. I honestly, like, you know, you can't tell me shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, honestly, like, you know, another thing is, and this is obviously still on the earlier side of things, but, you know, signing Brockhampton, you know, I that was something that, you know, worked really hard for. You know, I went on the road chasing them essentially for like a month. Uh, <laughs> literally, like, you know, not literally on strength, but like I was going popping into shows, popping in shows, flying to Phoenix and Seattle and San Francisco and Detroit. Like, and, you know, I know they have a lot. They still, you know, they still they have an uphill battle on a lot of stuff, but they're special. They're very, very special. So that amongst others, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that I, I'm very proud of. But those are moments that I'm just like, wow. You know, where you pinch yourself. And be like, That's Shit. huge, man. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. So early, too. Yeah. I know um, yeah. I was talking with Jordan about this, and I, for, for Crew with Goldlink, obviously, that's a huge record. And yeah. I remember Jordan me telling uh, telling me about how you kind of knew that was the one. You want to talk through that story yeah, real quick? Yeah, we were in a restaurant eating with Carl and Dan. Yeah. We, and uh, then, we, we eat Carl and Dan. It was like some place in like Midtown Manhattan okay. or yeah, whatever. I'm trying to remember this. Okay. And I like, we, I like, you like, I like went to the bathroom. And then you came in, we both washing our hands. And this was like before the record even came out. He yes, was like, yo, I think this the one, yo. Yeah, oh yeah. He was like, oh, yo, I yes. think this the one. I think we got it. And I knew exactly what song you were talking about. Like before you even said what song it was. I was like, yo, crew? I was like, yeah, yeah, I think we got this one, yo. You know what's crazy about it? Yeah, I, I never was more flip-floppy about a record <laughs> than with that record because there was moments where I thought this record was special. But it was right. moments where I did it at all. I'll be super, super blunt and transparent. Link and 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 the team, not even the team, Link and Kaz wanted that to be the first single. And we didn't want that to be the first single initially because we thought it was, uh, um, we weren't sure how much of a departure it was from what he's been doing beforehand. And we weren't sure like if that's how he wanted to brand it. We wanted it to come out because we thought it was fire. Right. Uh, and that's why I thought it was special, <laughs> you know, but we didn't, right. but we, we weren't sure. And honestly, if it wasn't for, uh, there was another record we were supposed to have that we lost. I'll never forget this day, man. If it wasn't for the record, we lost the record. And funny thing, we lost the record and the record never even came out. <laughs> but <laughs> but we lost the record to somebody. If it wasn't for that, I don't know if we if crew ever gets the moment it deserves. Because it wasn't a record, like I say this, that had instant virality. It wasn't like a, like when Magnolia came out, Magnolia came out like a house on, on fire. Right. It was like, I remember hearing it I remember I, it was popping before I heard it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and then I heard awesome. it. I'm like, holy crap, that's what everybody was talking about. Yeah. You know? I remember saying that. I'm like, damn, dog. But this record, it wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. It was very modest. I remember like it was, I remember when I first, when I, my first realization of it doing something was when it was, um, it got on the U.S. viral charts. And I remember him telling you, I was like, yo, we've never gotten there before, have we? He was like, nah. I said, like, oh, that's cool. And I was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What? And it's always funny. Yeah. You know, funny, like, I, 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 I post a lot on Instagram because I, I like to document. Like, I use my Instagram as, as documentation. Like, my very first post on Instagram goes back to when I, like, if you look at my very first post, I wasn't in A&R yet. And I look back and I can see exactly where, where I changed. I can see, oh, I remember that was the day. I remember there's a post from that. Like, that's the day we signed Link. Oh, that was the day I got my office. That was it. So I remember I posted the viral thing. I was like, right. oh, I said, crew on the US viral charts. And that was it. Cause I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I just, oh, that's cool. It's a good way to end the year. You know, that was my first day. And then Dan and my girl Tori telling me, cause he always says, girlfriends, they, you know, they're gonna support regardless. They're gonna be like, yo, this shit is fire. But you know, 
is real when they come out the blue and be like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, this, that's this so time, funny. For real. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, so they'll hit you with the, like, oh, you like that? Oh, yeah, I like that. It's just like, you know yo, what I'm saying? Yo, man, that's, yeah. the, that's the girlfriend test show. I've heard multiple people in the industry say that, including me, dog. It's including real. Me. Like, it's yeah. real. Yeah. It's not a joke. Like, <laughs> including me, dog. You, you can play something. If you have to play, I would say, if I have to play something for my girl to be like, it's fire, then, not say it's not fire, but, I, it, then I'm like, okay, maybe you know. But if she comes out the blue, what is that? That's hard. Yeah, that's when I know. Okay, I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's when she hit me. And, and, and I remember her. She hit me. A couple of people hit me, and I was kind of like, uh, yeah, I guess. Like you know, I was like, I, you know. But yeah, man, it was. That's but, awesome. So yeah, when it comes to, I mean, the record gets released. Yeah. How do you fan those flames? How do you build the momentum that really takes it to that next level? So the way the way that happened with 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 this record was it was. Uh, the way it happened was first, we, we lose the other record and then we're on a phone call and we're like, yo, I, maybe we should make this single because we we needed, we knew this project needed something different. We couldn't right. just have some cool kid project. Mm-hmm. We couldn't because the thing about like, the, the thing about the industry, the industry changed very fast from the time Link first came out with God Complex to the time we were in, even after and the end of the talk. Like it became a streaming game where you needed records to compete. You know, and it got even harder. I think it may be even harder than it's ever been now because you can't be a baby artist and don't have nothing and, and just compete because there are baby artists that have stuff. But yeah. then Juice, <laughs> Juice World, Juice yeah. World is no one knew it Juice World like forty eight, million views yeah. right now. It's on no, the rate. Yeah, no one knew Juice World was eight months ago, but now he has a thirty nine thousand first week album. Like so, it's it's so tough now. Dang. Yeah, it's so tough because and it was tough then. So we knew we weren't saying we needed all that. We knew we didn't need all that, but we're like we just need something that's just going to drive, that's going to live on playlists and drive the album because we knew the album was that fire. Because mm-hmm. it was. We knew this. When, all we need you to do is hear this album and tell people, like, yo, this album going took himself to a new level. Right. We didn't know what the fuck the new level would be, but we just knew we needed that. So we were like, you know, we, we, we it was between a couple songs and then, you know, Henny was like, maybe we should do Crew because it was doing better than anything we've ever put out before. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. And then I was me and Tunji would talk about it. We're like, yo, like, you know, can we even hear this on the radio? And it was like, yeah, but we don't, he was like, but we don't have an, like, because remember the original version is like, the, the, the core version is, it's, it's hook, verse, verse, hook. It's like very unorthodox. And then, you know, it was his clever idea to say, why don't we just make a radio version with a hook in the middle? We're like, oh shit. And then we, and that's <laughs> like, I hit up, I hit up the engineer. I said, yo, can you do this? And it came back, like, oh shit, this sounds pretty, this sounds like, this sounds like something. <laughs> so we're like, all right. We went, then I went to, you know, Peter and everybody, and I was like, yo, like, we might have something. And I was like, because he was, Link was that artist where it was like, he was special. But he was one of those guys who was special, but like, what do you do with it? That's right. what it was. He was like that classic type of thing. Like, what do you do with this? Like, he's this left field selection rapper. You know, what do you do with this? And, you know, I saw, I was going to the shows, like, we all saw it, but, you know, and we knew he was building up a level of culture, but it was still like, what do you do with it? And, um, mm-hmm. But this is, I was like, we have something to try something with. Play, I played that meditation for every day and the infamous Andre song that's <laughs> never coming out. <laughs> Say what? Yeah. I mean, everybody knows it exists. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows it exists. Put the photos came out. Yeah, everybody knows it exists. But like, I played that in the A&R meeting and just to get them like, holy crap. And then we had a, then, uh, Link's product manager then set up a small meeting with like core team and we played all those records. And then I remember Gio had a promo with like play crew again. And when he said that, I was like, oh yeah, he, he feeling it. And he, and he's like, yeah, I think we might have something. 
and he took it on the road. And and it was interesting because there was a lot going on at the label. There was we were trying to five artists that were coming, five urban artists that were we were going to try to break that summer. Well, forty were trying to break, and one we were trying to bring back. And it was it was it was Link, Khalid, SZA, Wizkid, Bryson Tiller, and it was really. I remember that being ridiculously hectic. And I remember like I remember it was like we got to start with Link first because right. all the other ones have more momentum, mm-hmm. like more organic momentum. So they start off early, make show. People were liking the record, make show. Taking them on the road to like little like radio phoners. And, you know, you know Link, he's somebody that doesn't do, he doesn't do a lot of interviews and shit like that. So, but that was, some, that, was, that was something he had to get through. And I was, you know, I was, you know, the people around him were really helping him coach him around. And anytime I hit him, I was like, y'all heard you did well or, I heard you did this wrong, do this, you know, <laughs> that type of shit. Um, and then, um, and then, you know, it starts, you know, it starts naturally start picking up, you know, it starts picking up in DC, you know, DC starts seeing get spin a lot, you know, and the Shazams are really going nuts and the sales are being okay. And the streams are coming up. And then it was around Coachella. I run into Carl Cherry at Coachella. I'm like, yo, like we need you. Like, you know, we like, you know, cause Carl always loved Lincoln. And I was like, mm-hmm. yo, I think, you know, this wreck is turned to something. He's like, yeah, no, I see that. I said, like, right, I'm about to push the button. <laughs> and then, you know, he pushes the button and it, it kind of, he, you know, he puts in a position where it's really visible in Apple. And then you start seeing more reaction on the streaming, more reaction on the sales. And, and it's starting to climb more and more and more on the radio, starting to pick up, Rich's hands are picking up, all that's picking up. And then at the same time, you know, Link kills Coachella, which was great for him. Yeah. Murders Coachella. But then I go to the team. I said, bro, like, we're going to need a remix because at the end of the day, this so, there's so much songs this summer coming out internally and right. externally that your song is really good. But at the end of the day, there's going to be this, the, the attention span is not going to be there for three guys that nobody knows. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I remember it was a little bit of a uh, back and forth, but I remember I was like, you know, we wanted Travis Scott to do it initially and he was supposed to do it, but you know, he was just really busy. So I remember I was, I remember telling the team, I was like, yo, if Travis don't get this fucking version by Monday, <laughs> I'm not even going to talk to y'all. I'm going to, I'm going to bring, I'm going to hit Gucci's people because Link had met Gucci. And I thought it was a little bit, and very briefly at Coachella, very, very briefly, but I was like, it would it make a little bit more sense. Yeah. And so we didn't get it. I was there for that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. it? And then, and then I was like, I got it. I was like, all right, cool. I ain't get no Travis verse. I called Gucci's team up. <laughs> Yo, we need this. And he got it done in like two, three days. And I remember, I'll never forget the record at the time period on radio. This And a lot of people don't see this because it's the, the culture don't see radio charts and shit like that. That's mm-hmm. not what people see. But I do. I'm looking at them shits. And, and, and at the time, people don't realize it. Maybe even people on the team still didn't realize it, that the record was slowing down on the urban radio and it was falling apart on rhythm radio because it was going backwards, losing spins. Because again, how much, how much longer can you play the same record with three guys that are not really popping yet with a good song, but it's there's other songs that are killing. You know, there's other songs that are just going nuts at the time. Again, like Magnolia and just all these songs that were just going nuts at the time. How do you, you know, XO Toy Life? Like, how do you compete? Yeah. And I remember, uh, that's why I was so urgent. I'm like, I need to get this done. And Gucci's verse came in. I remember hearing it's Gucci, man, and go. Like, I said, I don't need anything else. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he can say a bunch of trash. Go, yeah. yeah. I think he said trash, <laughs> trash shit. I don't need nothing else. <laughs> Got that shit, put, packaged that up really fast. And then the next part to that was then um, at Gov Ball, I went, or after Gov Ball in Harlem, it was the week, uh, maybe two weeks before the remix came out. 
I ran into Tuma, and Tuma's somebody I knew for for a while. Not for a while, for a while but like maybe like two years, two, two years, three years. Yeah. Ran into Tuma, and I'm like, yo, bro, Wise and Crew are at Caviar. Like it was like it was the hottest record, at, one of the hottest records in the in the in the, in the culture. And um, you know, he was like, yo, send me some stats. <laughs> uh, so the next on Monday, I, I, I put this long ass email of every record that Crew was out selling over the last four weeks. Damn. That was on Rat Caviar. And those eighteen, well this 50, and, and this fifty yeah. records, this fifty <laughs> records on Rat Caviar. Those eighteen of them that was out selling. So damn near half the playlist. And then and then, <laughs> and, then and then our digital t- and our sales team went hard too. I remember my, my boy Max had just started. He loved Link. He was like, I'm gonna get that shit on there. So we were like like kind of like playing both sides, and he was really going in. And um, we got, I'll never forget the week of my birthday, we got Crew and Rat Caviar, and then the weekend after the remix took it off. And that got on Rat Caviar, and the original came off, which then helped out everything because the original one was still streaming crazy because that's the one people love, but the remix was streaming crazy because it was on Rat Caviar. So you were right. getting two for the price of one, essentially. So then it was out. From that moment, it was gone. Like, radio had no more, the radio had everything they needed now. They had right. the streams to back it up. They had the, the Colts on Rat Caviar to back it up. You had the Gucci to back it up. You had the culture to back it up. You had everything. And and then from there, and then the last, I guess the last tier was Insecure. When it got on Insecure, the first, it was like, the, I think the first song it played on Insecure. Yeah. First or second song, and during the sex scene of, the, of, of all things. And from there, we were gone. We were gone. Or it like it like ended on us. Like it was playing and then it faded out during a sex scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was and it was gone. It was gone. Yeah. And I was like, yep. I said, that's when I realized I was like, yo, like, you know, it was it was exciting. Like that whole process was exciting. Like I remember getting that plaque that day. It was it was that's one of the best days of my life. I was like, yeah, man, you know? me too, dude. Yeah. I'm in that picture, yo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too, <laughs> I'm in that picture, bro. Yeah, it was exciting. That story is absolutely amazing. I mean, as far as kind of seeing that record all the way through to fruition, both between both you guys. So, like, cheers and congratulations yeah, on both fronts to that. Fire. One question, I mean, finding Goldlink, finding Brock Hampton. I mean, these are both artists that were early, I think, in the time when you picked them up. Brock Hampton, I'll say, was late. Little, 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 late when I picked them up, but early when I first heard of them, though. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, what are you looking for? I mean, like, what are the big signals to you? I, I, there's two things, man. I think my first thing that I've been, I've always been on, but I'm, I'm really more on it now. The fact that I have a couple of wins on, under my belt and I'm also like, I've been pretty on point with certain things is I sign shit I love mm-hmm. for the most part. Obviously the stuff that, you know, the stuff you love more than others. Right. But like, like my, for like, like, like the Gambinos, the links, the Brockhampton, the Stiz, like, I love those. I like. I listen to their music. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, even if it wasn't, even if this shit wasn't, like, I, you know, and when you sign shit you love, you're then able to kind of like be prepared to do the grind with it. Right. You know? And that's the thing that's very important because if you're just signing things off of just numbers, songs end, you know? If songs right. end. Every I, song ends. You know? I know for management, it has to be that. Because it's yeah, not, it's not it's, like you're signing, you know, a one album deal or two album deal. Yeah, it's like, yo, I'm signing life. on it. Yeah, I'm signing on for potentially my life. For, for potentially this, your you know life, I mean? you know? And and that's how, yeah, I look at it like that. Like, I look at right. like, I actually look at like like a manager, essentially. Like, I always say right. like A&Rs are label managers. Right. And the way I look at it is like, I'm not, I tr- like, obviously the, the thing with numbers, numbers help enhance or help me like make sense of what I like. So there might be some shit I really like, but- it don't really make sense because the deal, they want this amount of money and they're doing this <laughs> amount of commerce. That probably may not make sense. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, cause I, at the end of the day, I still have people to answer to. I can't sign something for a shit ton of money and it's not, and it's not prepared to work. And, 
and right. then I'm fucked. But <laughs> you know, like, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't do that. But, but at the end of the day, for me, the way I look at things is, do I really, do I fuck with them? Do they have a unique vision? Do they have a unique identity? Do they have a unique story? You know, all the artists I've mentioned, they have unique identities and stories. Like, you know, like I just came, I just came back from Boston. It's this, did a, um, he did a pop-up show for, uh, for anniversary of Suffolk County that sold a thousand tickets in six minutes in Boston. Damn. Thousand tickets in six minutes. Damn. And, and granted, like in, in, in everywhere else, he could probably do maybe 300 and like maybe, maybe four or five in certain areas. Right. right? But like a thousand and six minutes in Boston. That's crazy. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are. Like when you have that, there's something real. Right. There's something real because there's something that people have perspective on. They're like, this guy has something different to me. Right. There's a lot of rappers in Boston. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of rappers in Boston. There's a lot of rappers everywhere. You know what I'm saying? But he has a very specific idea and ideology and vibe that people really connect to, especially in that city. It's my job and his job and Tim's job to kind of take it past that, like, a la Wiz did from Pittsburgh. And right. That's our job and we're figuring it out. But, like, when you see that, you're just like, there's something there is something special. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't get that every day. And that's something that you always gotta you always gotta have your version of that in some form, in, in some format, you know. With like you know, with Brock Hampton, I knew about them, me and Tunji, we both knew about them since twenty fifteen. Yeah, that's um, around the time I heard about them. Yeah. Twenty sixteen, something like that. Twenty fifteen and we were we were looking at them separately. And you know, we were kinda in we were like peripherally like like and I always call it like Brock Hampton was part of like the Pigeons and Planes class. I was like, there was, rap, there was a bunch of rappers that were like, it was post Chance the Rapper, and labels were trying to sign the next. Chance the Rapper was post Kendrick Lamar, right? So when when Kendrick popped, labels were trying to find the next rapper who could be alternative, but be real hip hop. Like another Kendrick Lamar. I mean, so then Chance came in. Chance didn't get signed, but then, then became a post Chance because he, he hit it so hard, but he didn't sign. Right. So everybody was trying to find someone who could be. Chance Kendrick, right? And that's where a lot of guys like Link and Rory, McJenkins, all those guys kind of came up in that time period. But Pigeons and Planes was really championed a lot of them very, very, very early. Like, mm-hmm. championed them crazy. A lot of their, their first looks were Pigeons and Planes and Brockhampton and well, Kevin and then the rest of the Brockhampton guys, Matt and all those guys was on Pigeons and Planes. And so I, I was familiar with them. I thought it was very, very, very early. And, you know, I kind of stepped back. I'm sure Tunji did the same. We stepped back. And then, you know, around time saturation came back, we started paying attention, started paying attention. And it wasn't, and honestly, I think they they, they, they did thing on, the, on their own. They were, were empire. They're like, we're just going to do it on our own. And then, you know, it was like, literally, it was like this year I went to a show at Irving Plaza. Did it three nights, Crazy. three nights sold out Irving Plaza yeah. where like, you know, you know, my girl did, my girl was part of this show promotions company and they, she, her, her team, she and her team did the last show, which was in September of last year. That's was, pretty dope though. Yeah. And it was two, yeah. And it was two nights yeah. at, at, at a uh, high lines. That's 1200 tickets roughly in September. In January, three months later, four months later, doing three nights at Irving Plaza, 3,600 tickets roughly. And I'm like, holy crap. And going to that show, it was like, it was an experience I'd never seen in my entire life. From the fans to the to them on stage, it was like this. It was out of body. Top five shows I've ever been to in my entire life. So how does what you do for the artist differ from when you find a goal link and you're like, 
I want to help this artist build and and really take them to the level I think that they can be at. Or when yeah. you sign like a Donald Glover, yeah. who's already got the the yep. fame and the fortune, it, you know, what is your role and how does it change yeah. in, in situations like that? Everything I would say, artist and repertoire is the most important. Like it's what A and R is, right? Right. And, and there's artists and there's repertoire. And repertoire is, I think, a word that people don't think about when they talk about A and R. Yeah. You know, and I think part of repertoire is everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And it's. I mean by everything else is what do whatever it takes for somebody like Golink, there was a lot of like being there and not being there at the same time, you know, because he was somebody else very creative. So you didn't we were never infringing on his ideas, but we also knew there was there was some shit he never did before. And and not and obviously neither of us had ever done before, but we, <laughs> but we were more privy to what it takes because we were on the inside. Right. And he 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 never him he never he just he never understood what that was because he never went through it at that time period. So we're like, nah, we need this. Like again, when we went into that what, what cause, we knew we didn't necessarily say we needed a radio record, but we knew we needed something more than just something that's cool. We didn't need another spectrum. We didn't need another uh, dance army. We didn't need that. We needed something that was a lot that was gonna cut through a lot deeper. You know, and it was our job to either once either if he created him either either. He either help create it for him or if he's created, help facilitate in the building to get it where it got, right? Right. Um, for someone like Donald, where he has everything, his team is so fucking good. Our job is extra hands and legs, man. Like mm-hmm. they for this is America, they did that shit themselves. They brought they they had they had the rec <laughs> they had the record early, um, without a lot of the accoutrements to it. You know what I'm saying? But like where we really helped in is like, you know, we helped out with Whatever artists that were done helped get that shit cleared. Like right. we were literally working the phones up to the final hour getting that working shit cleared. The phones, yeah. Like I, you know, I helped get Black Boy on the joint. Like, you know, Tunji brought in Ali. Like, like it was all these different things. Uh, you know, we all helped out with mastering. Like, you know, we all, myself and your dons were all whatever it took to get this record out and done the way it needs to be sounded. Like we're not anybody would be foolish to say, yeah, we we A and R that. Fuck that. No, like <laughs> we helped. Because at the end of the day, it was, I think regardless of what it came out, regardless, but the difference between us and us helping them and them, but I was like, they're able to focus on making sure the video is that fire and making sure right. things are that fire because we're focused on that part. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, these, these are the things that people don't understand when you go to a major label. It's not just, yeah, you have a, you get money, but you have people. You have actually bodies that will make, take your mind off everything else. So your work focused on your records and shit like that. Okay, well, you're focused on making a record fire. Well, we're, we're focused on making sure the song can actually come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the, clear, the clearance process was a hilarious process. <laughs> Some of the shit that I didn't expect to be issues were issues. I'm like, wow, this is funny as shit. You know what I'm <laughs> but like, but it was, but if they were if they were doing it by themselves, it probably would have been it probably would have pushed things back. Who knows? It may not made, it may not have made the, the deadline for Saturday Night Live. Right. And then it drops a week after Saturday Night Live and it doesn't have the same impact. Like these are all different stuff that we helped out to get to that point. So and that the same process for for the album is like whatever is necessary. Some things being some things sometimes what's necessary is nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. It's they give you the album and they do what they do. But some things is everything. And all every artist depends. Right. Word. Word. That's awesome. So for uh, Donald Glover specifically, I mean, didn't he say he didn't want to make music after his last album? 
Or he was like, this is the end of my tra- of this current chapter? I still don't know where that, where that, that, where that one, came I, from. I, no, no, no. I still don't know where that stands, personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he dropped This Is America. Which well, probably, no, no, no. Well, he, that, said, no, no. he said this it, one it, was going to be the last one. He was referring one. to this album, and I still, but I still don't know where that stands. I'll keep it a buck. Yeah. He's like, bro, I got my fingers crossed, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have no idea where that stands. I'm yeah, like, yeah. man, just keep making hot shit, bro. Totally, totally, totally. So one segment we've been toying around with doing is uh, is like a hot take segment, but not necessarily hot takes that we that are our takes. Okay, more just things that we want you to respond to because they're kind of uh, opinionated takes on the state of the industry, trend stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Uh, this one came straight from Jordan. No, <laughs> no, so these are neither of our opinions. Yeah, but record labels are commodities. It doesn't matter who you sign with. Why is this true or false? This man you sign with, that's um that's false, and I'll say why it's false. I understand the the idea behind it because every label has A and R promotions, right. marketing, publicity, digital, sales. They all have every record label has that. They all, but the, the reason why it, it matters who you sign to is because not everybody has Derek, not everybody has Tunji, not every record label has Orlando, not every record label has. You know, Sycamore. Not every record mm-hmm. label have, you know, Adonis. Not every record label has certain people that mm-hmm. that that will care for that artist. Like, there's some artists that I would not be able to do. Why? Because it's just not me. And our mm-hmm. company isn't for it. Mm-hmm. Simple as that, you know. Um, and that's just facts. But there's certain artists that I can do because, and I can do it better than this person could do it because that is me. You know what I'm saying? And they could be like, well... It could be independent. Okay, it could be independent. But that goes back to what I said initially, because eventually if you're trying to break big, you need hands. Mm-hmm. And you could get it via an empire. You could get it via certain things as well. I'm not saying you can't, you know, but the the, the amount of the, the major labels have so much bargaining chips that a lot of others don't have because most major labels have at least five, six, eight, you know, super key marquee acts that you can, whether it's for television slots or whatever the case may be, they have as much that you can say, well, I'll trade you this for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you help me get this one, we help you get this there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, whereas a lot of indies don't have as many a lot of times. So the people that's bringing it in is just widely, it's so important because I could sign, you know, there's some guys I may not to do like, you know, super like SoundCloud rap. There may be guys who really know that shit. Right. I don't know. Like I like it. I like some shit I like, but I don't I'm not in the club trying to like trying to find the next Lil Pump. Like that's not me. And I right. fuck Lil Pump, but that's not me. There's somebody who probably is that. You know what I'm saying? And that person makes the difference between going to wherever he goes to than going mm-hmm. to wherever I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Like not every label has each one I'm mentioning, you know, Mark Pitts or whatever. Not everyone has that. And I think that's right. where, you know, it's it, not all labels are the same. The ideas of labels are the same and the, the overall structure of the labels are the same and some of the functionalities, but I think the people, I think Henny said this one time in, in Billboard with Link, he said, you sign to a label for the people, not just for the label. And it's true. Like if you, if you're, you, the people you look at and say, that person gets it and they're going to help, ed- they're going to help advance what I'm doing. They they make the difference of what, what you're going, what you're, you know, mm-hmm. shit, yeah. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah, man. All right. So we got the we got the next one. And you know, I wrote some of these, Sam wrote some of these. 
but uh, we like like he said, we don't necessarily agree with all of them. Um, These so are the it, softest hot takes ever. No, no, it's a cold take, man. My ass is cold, man. Come somebody, on. somebody told me this. <laughs> nah, nah, because no, no. some of these, some of these people don't get it. Like these nah, are hot takes you. because a lot of people just don't get, don't get the industry. Right. They just for don't sure. get the industry. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So this is this is a hot this is a hot hot take. Oh, hot. <laughs> hot. Hot. Record hot. labels are a dying breed. We've all heard that. Nah, I don't. I don't. What's up? What's up? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think that either. I do think that. I think in terms of the music industry in general, there are less gatekeepers. What I mean by there's less gatekeepers, there isn't one single place where you could become where you can eat. You know, mm-hmm. you know, even even as even as 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 five years ago, like if you weren't getting on the blogs, you weren't going to get the energy. If you weren't yeah. getting the energy, you weren't going to be able to get on radio. If you weren't getting on radio, you ain't popping off, right? Mm-hmm. Now. If you if you have the right song on SoundCloud or the right song on Spotify, you can create enough energy to be able to go on the road, sell your merch, sell your tickets. That's you know it's it's as D to C as it probably could be. You right. know, Rockhampton, they're eating before mm-hmm. us, eating, <laughs> right, right. But again, there's a reason why. If you look at your favorite artists on any genre, let's go hip hop. You go hip-hop, you look at your favorite artists, put 10 fingers and name 10 of your favorite artists, more than likely, not more than, not more, no less than nine of them is signed to a major label. Not less than nine of them. And the only person, there's only one person that might be in your favorite top 10 that is signed to a major label. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? But most likely, nine of them are signed to a major label, mm-hmm. if not all 10. And and, and I think there's a, this is just a level of, again, this manpower, there's leveraging, there's 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 relationships that can help get people to the to a, through doors that are are easy to get through than if you're just if you're on an independent label. Mm-hmm. Even Empire, Empire Cash Out Universal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the biggest indie they cash out universal. I mean, it's still independent, but you know, they should go through there now. Right. Totally. Um, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it, it brings me back to the kind of point you were saying when it comes to the gatekeepers coming down. I mean, you bring up the Juice World example. Like to an extent, because there's less gatekeepers, it almost becomes more competitive. It's and way you more need competitive. More support. It's way more competitive, and you need more support. And you just you just need more people that's going to be a fight for you. You know, you know, like every yo, there's a new such and such. I'll never forget the day I found out who Juice World was. I was in the studio in Atlanta, and I'm on I'm on my phone and pigeon playing, saying Juice the. The most exciting shit since sliced bread. I'm like, uh. <laughs> but when they say that, I always be like, let me, I gotta check this out. Cause they're usually kind of on point when they say that type of shit like that. But I'm like, oh, wow. And then literally one thing to the next thing to the next thing, next, you know, this guy sold 39,000 copies. You know, three weeks, three, maybe two months before that, well, not even two months, maybe like a month and a half, it was Lil Skies. Like, where the fuck he came from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it just, it just, it's a constant thing. <laughs> For sure. So, I mean, that, that kind of leads. Into our next point. Yeah, exactly. Which is, uh, I mean, because uh, you made a really interesting point around the the data kind of affirms your gut feeling around the artists that you really, you really fuck with. With that said, like AR, AR, A and Ring is easier than it used to be. So the the thought, yeah, it's a hot take. take. The thought there is that because of the fact that you can see the numbers, you can kind of almost more objectively, there's more data available and on the table. Yep. Now it's really just scanning that. I mean, I, like we don't believe it. What, what's your thought on that? I, I think there's um, there 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 are two types of A and R's, right? There are guys that they look at data and they 
and and they look at down like, oh my god, this is popping off, and then and they go seek it out, and and they close it or they don't close it, whatever. But they, or they bring it to somebody who does close it, right? And I think there's a very important space for those type of people. But I think that the guys who are really ignoring things, it's not just off of data because even with the things that are data, okay. Say Brockhampton, for example, and we'll see. You know, they they have all the hype and all the energy in the world, right? But they have all this data. A record still needs to be made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like something still needs to. And not even just that. You see all these things that stream crazy, but don't always go at radio. Like Lil Sky's record, I don't think. I don't. I think I'm not sure if it's gonna go all the way on radio. You know what I'm saying? Streaming crazy. It's not going to go all the way on radio. Magnolia, as big as it was, it was like a top 20. It wasn't top 10. We went we went further than, we went further than Magnolia. Now, Magnolia right. is like a culturally classic, for mm-hmm. sure. And it, and right. it's big. And streaming definitely is the, is, the, is the universe today. But like, when you get a top five record on Urban or Rhythm and shit like that, it's a different, it's, especially if you have something culturally that big, it's a different monster, you know? And you still need to know you still need to have the right person that is that's connecting those dots and helping to move that in. So it's is it easier than it used to be? No, I think it's I think it's even, it might even be harder. Why? Because there's so much data. Like I remember when I first when I first back in like the blog days, like for like the goal links and the chances and the, whoever stays, whatever. If I was on Fader on Monday afternoon at four o'clock. And you got on Fader at Monday afternoon or Monday night at 10 o'clock. You might have missed what I saw. Right. And, you may have ne- and by the time you catch it, I might have already reached out. I might have already right. went to the city. You probably like, <laughs> you, because because it was on the, blo- I, I saw it on that block. But everybody sees everything. When it gets, it doesn't, because the blogs isn't the main part anymore. It's Spotify, Apple. So it hits Spotify. You don't. You, you probably don't see it already. Then you go. You check your. You check your music Friday. Like, oh, what's that? You see your, your Ariana Grande's, your Kendrick's, and you see some random shit. What is that? You <laughs> click it. Oh, this is dope. But the same shit you see, you saw it. You saw it. Right. Okay, but let's see. Music Friday. Because New Music Friday. Yeah. So, so, okay, but let's say let's say you don't go to New Music Friday. Let's say you go to U.S. Viral Charts on on a on a, on a random day. What is that? Kendrick. What is this? Like, it's, it's so open. Whereas the blog, there was so much things that was going to the blogs that it was refreshing fast, fast, fast. So, like, there were times where I remember I would go on a blog and and, and I was starting, I, I, like, either I haven't been on for a while and I'll have to go all the way back and just listen on Vader or Complex or Pigeons for maybe two days in a row just to catch up. Like, mm-hmm. like by that time, someone could have damn near been the motherfucker's best friend by the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's, right. it's, it's, I think it's harder. I think you have to be more on top of it. You got to be, and also it forces the problem with it because of also with the way, because there's so much money, it makes people want crazier deals um, because there is a lot of money. <laughs> you know, there's a lot, if you break big, you break big, right? That's the thing about today. When you break big, you, you break big, right? But, because of that, a lot of people have to make decisions faster. You know, again, like when I was like coming, when I was as an assistant, those artists I liked, but guys took a lot longer. You know, Link took a long time to make a decision. You know, Chance, I mean, never made a decision. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I remember even Post Malone, who was like one of the first like streaming monsters. He took a while to make a decision. You know, Bryson Tiller took a while to make a decision. It wasn't like you see him on Monday. He's meeting with every label by Wednesday. He has a deal signed by next Thursday. Like, that's how shit is today. Like, yeah, literally. Like, 
I seen guys that I just found. I remember when I first heard YB in the mirror, and then literally two weeks, two days later, he's at Atlantic, and he's doing the, he's doing the Instagram people. All day. I'm like, God damn, it just, yeah. it just came out. Like, it was, you know, so I think it's even harder. I think you have to be more more on your gut and more sharp than you've ever been, in my opinion. And then when you have it, then you gotta know how to work it. Mm-hmm. The numbers, because eventually, let's say, let's say. The, the, you catch it like I remember this an artist. I'm not gonna say who it is, but it was an artist that was on was on a bunch of good playlists, and you know, you know, got signed late, and by the time he got signed, he got taken off the playlist. <laughs> yeah, you know? and then so now, what do you do now? The artist is not on the playlist anymore. Do you? I hope you believe. Because you believe, I'll keep like, you going too. Keep you going, but if you yeah. don't believe, you know, yeah, if you don't believe, then you're fucked. So that's funny because in management, it's not always like that. So mm. from my experience, it's, it's you know, it's talking to this artist, getting to know them yep. for a little bit, maybe doing some stuff for free yep. and then building that relationship with them on a personal level. Yeah. And then, you know, once it gets to the point, it makes sense for the both of you and then, then you do it. It yeah. sounds like it sounds like that labels are going in the opposite direction. Be, and I, but honestly, I think that part is driven by the artists now. Like I do mm. think I do think, yes, there are labels that want to. I think labels, there are some labels, again, not going to say who, but there are some labels <laughs> that are being super aggressive because some artists are making decisions that fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are artists that I'm like, you have no business being signed to a record company, bro, because what you're going to get from the record company is nothing, no different than what you're getting now mm-hmm. because you're just too small. Like, you're too small. Like, it's, it's like, it's, every label has so much. They have so much. They have top-tier artists. They have bottom-tier artists, right? Mid-tier. Right. There's so much for them to pay attention to little old, little old you in, in, in the way you probably need to be paid attention to when you're when in those stages, you know, and a lot of artists and managers don't understand it. They don't get it. Like a lot of these kids, they're making shit in their bedroom and it just ooh, pops out and, mm-hmm. like, and they don't get what going to a label actually does. And and, it, it, and what that advance means. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you know, like they, they're just looking at that. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm getting this bread. Cool. <laughs> and then you look back and if the re- your record doesn't work, they're like, well, what happened? You're like, Ugh. you know what I'm saying? And they don't, and they don't, and they don't, and they don't get that. Right. Um, but that's why I think, I think it's, a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a ripple effect. I think the artists are moving faster and therefore the labels are trying to, and, and, labels always want to be early. Like even like the ones who are late, they always want to be early. They always want to be like on it first. So they're trying to make sure that they sometimes they sign shit too early. And it's like, bro, why? <laughs> like the fuck, like what the fuck is gonna do? And, and, <laughs> and you end up you just end up hurting the artist's career. Yeah. Because the artists they because a lot of artists when they sign to label, they 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 and it makes sense. They you know, they've been working their whole life to get paid well enough. Right, man. You know? And yeah. they actually do. Like most advances or at least well enough for somebody who's never like obviously advances are comparable, but like most advances are like like to get all that at once is like <laughs> it's something that you probably never thought you would ever see. Right. So they immediately go into the thing. It's kind of like yo, I mean, I, I, I made it where you're just starting. Right. And now the work starts there. The work starts here, and you're you're coming in with your guard down, and then the label is probably like. Well, we just wanted to get you and have you locked in. And now you're locked in, and I see you when you have a, when your record pops off. Like totally. So now we're coming up short on time. So I got one last question. Oh, uh, that kind of no, no, man. not at all, man. No, we love this. We can stay here all night. You see a lot of artists, some great ones, some trash ones. What's the advice you have to, I guess, bubbling artists that might not necessarily be popping on the streaming platforms, but are putting out music and are making consistent efforts towards furthering their music career? Quality. 
like always be consistent with quality and quality can mean, you know, and, you know, Playboy Cardi with Magnolia and even some things on this album, quality. Lil Uzi Vert with Exo Tour Life, you know, all that type of stuff, quality. Bryson Tiller, Rap Soul, quality. Gold Link, quality. You know, like, it, it, quality is, is you know, 21 Savage, whatever. Like, it could mean, it could both some alone. It could be a range of things. Right. But focus on what is quality to you from your artwork to, for, to your aesthetic, to your videos, to your songs. Focus on your quality aesthetic because if your quality aesthetic cuts through, some if you if you're true to that, it's gonna cut through and somebody's gonna find it and somebody's gonna spread it to somebody else. But if you're focused on trying to make the song that somebody else made because that's what got them popping, that's what's hot right now. Yeah, you, you because because let me tell you something like the shit changes so fast. I remember when that whole slow, cool, dark wave R and B thing was 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 like the thing, the trap so era. Yeah, that shit changed up dumb fast. Like you don't, yeah. hear, you don't hear that shit. No, you don't hear that shit like that. Like you know, yeah. I mean, there's some guys who can do it, but you don't hear that shit right now. It's mm. more up tempo, and it's more like you know, it's be focused on your own quality. You know what I'm saying? Focus on your own development. That's the most important thing. That's why, again, I love guys like like Link and Brock Hampton because they don't fuck. Who cares if this shit sounds like that? We're gonna do this. Yeah, you know, we're gonna yeah. do this, and I, I've, you know, those sometimes end up being the hardest things to break, but they're the most rewarding when they actually really do break. You know, look at Donald, you know? So. Yeah, man. Donald, Donald, man, he he's had a story, dude, from yeah. from camp all yeah. the way until now. He's had a crazy, he's had a crazy yeah. story. And he always he just said, I'm just gonna do what I know is quality for me for me. And and he, and he was really good and there was fans there. And and he's time the fans doubled up and tripled up and now, you know, look who he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that's for sure. That's what I'll say for that. Amazing, man. You got anything else? Nah, man, I think that's it. It's great having you. Man, for yeah, sure. Derek, man, for thank sure. you. Uh, it was a pleasure getting to learn about all your experience. I know this is, uh, we've accomplished a lot, but we're both very excited to see what's next, man. Man, thank you, man. I'm just trying to keep keep on keeping on. Yeah, man, man. take care of yourself, too. Yeah. You got, you got a whole bunch of artists popping off right now, man. Yeah. Make sure you get sleep and <laughs> yeah, have a good man. time. Going too know? hard right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. man. I, I just got to relax and just, like, and just, you know. Yo came here with two phones. That's how I knew you yeah, was doing yeah, this shit. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yo true. came here with two phones. I came here with two phones. It's the, it's the work and it's the... Yeah. Dope. Well, Derek, thank you very much, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, man. Damn, well, that was an awesome episode. Super grateful to have had Derek on. I think he was able to dive into some super awesome stories and, and really tactical advice. I think one of my biggest takeaways from him was quality. Quality first, right? I think... Don't by any means want to discount the importance of, of creating and building an audience. But at the same time, too, I think as an artist, as people on the show, listeners that work very closely with artists, I think refining the craft. I mean, that's at the foundation of all of this. All these other tactics that we're trying to showcase on this show are really all for nothing if there's not quality music, quality product at the foundation. I think it's easier than ever to actually record music um, and, and distribute it online. But by no means does that mean that uh, you should be sacrificing quality in any way, shape, or form. So that definitely really struck a chord with me. What did you think, Jordan? Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought another thing that he talked about that I that I could relate to was was finding artists, you know, because everything now is so easy to make. It actually makes it difficult for artists to stand out. So I think uh, I think when you hear a lot of when you hear a lot of music critics, especially for hip hop today, is that oh they can make these songs so easy. These songs they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of skill to them, but. It doesn't, it doesn't, that's not necessarily relevant because they were able to stick out 
from a bunch of different artists. And, and a lot of the skill is obviously underappreciated. 100%. 100%. Well, as always, if you guys like the show, please don't hesitate to go to the podcast app on your phone and, and leave a review. That goes a long way in helping us continue to improve the show, as well as make sure the show can get in front of more people. And if you guys have any different requests for guests, for anything, go ahead. Just reach out on our site, musicbusinesspodcast.com. Got a contact button. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. And on that note, we out. We out.